This episode is brought to you by DorksideToys.com. For the latest Star Wars action figures, Marvel, G.I. Joe, and more, visit DorksideToys.com and sign up for their free newsletter. A small rebel force has penetrated the shield and landed on Endor. This is where the fun begins. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. This is Rebel Force Radio. Your source for the Force. Star Wars news and commentary. With Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack. I've seen Star Wars 500 times. Star Wars number one. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. Now it's time for Rebel Force Radio. We would be honored if you would join us. All right, so the sun is 10 months old now, and he's, he's moving very well, crawling. And I now feel the kind of annoyance and frustration that Luke does in The Empire Strikes Back. You know the scene when Yoda is up on the X-Wing, and he's, he's just rooting and throwing all of Luke's stuff out? Like, oh, no, no, like that, you know, and his butt's up in the air and all that. This is the scene... Every morning when I get up, the sun crawls over to the most expensive thing within reach. He's got that little Yoda butt up in the air, and he's pushing buttons. He's throwing stuff left and right. It's crazy. Do you remember those days, Jim? Yeah, and they put everything in their mouth, too. How can you eat food of this kind? (laughs) Right. You know what I'm talking about, right? You know that scene when Yoda's just throwing everything out? Yeah, it's at the campsite. Right. X-Wing. I thought he was up on the on the X-Wing, like no, up on the just, wings. He's just rooting through Luke's gear, throwing things What's over his shoulder. What's he sitting on, then? He's not. He's on his knees, actually. He's no, on he's, the ground. Yeah. he's on the ground? Yeah, I think he's going through Luke's backpack, actually. Oh, all right. Oh, why why did I think stuff. he was on the wing of an X-Wing? I don't know. I must have dreamt that. Uh, he never climbed up on the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he never, you know, the Yoda puppet could only do so much. <laughs> right. Back, yeah, that's uh, true. He can't climb up on that wing. But you know what I'm talking about. That scene. Yes, that scene. I, I remember that. every scene. Yeah. So Yoda is like the equivalent of a ton, 10-month-old child mm. in that scene. Um, well, you know, I think they were kind of going for that. You know, the innocent uh, curiosity yeah. uh, with no regard toward property or, uh, <laughs> you know, possession or anything. Let's right. just throw it all over the place. That's what I got going on. That's what I got. You know, it's like... Um, I think I think it was Michael J. Fox said that, you know, it's like when you have uh, from like the time that they start moving until they're about two years old, it's like being on constant death watch, mm-hmm. you know, like because everything that they touch could hurt them in some way. It seems like I put my son outside on the deck thinking, well, it's nice. Put him on the deck. He's choking on an acorn that <laughs> fell off the tree that hangs above the deck. Like, I mean, <laughs> anything. Anything is a weapon in the hand of this kid. Well, you're out in Canton, Ohio. That's the home of the headquarters of the Hoover Vacuum Company. So you got (laughs) yourself a little Hoover out there. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, anyway, you're not here to hear uh, to listen to us. Go on about the kids. You're here to talk about and hear about Star Wars. You're in the right place right here. Rebel Force Radio this week's show for July 26th, 2000. 13. Great to be with you. Glad you could be with us. If you're new to the program, introductions. My name is Jason. With me, my good friend and yours from Chicago, Jimmy Mack. Hey, Jason. Hey, Star Wars fans. Yes. Welcome to Rebel Force Radio, the most 
optimistic, influential, and positive Star Wars radio show in this galaxy, or uh, any other galaxy for that matter, even in a galaxy far, far away. We got a lot of cool stuff coming up this week on Rebel Force Radio, including these J.J. Abrams rumors. They're everywhere. Where'd they they come from? Exploded like Death Star 3. It was incredible. We'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about Harrison Ford. He had a few things to grumble about uh, regarding the upcoming sequels. And uh, we're still thinking about that crazy Mace Windu idea we had last week. That is gold. Yeah, what That's is that cool. idea? It is crazy Mace Windu. You can have that idea, Mr. Kasdan, for $5 million. $5 million. And uh, you know what is worth $5 million? A signed copy of Troy Denning's Star Wars Crucible. We got one. We're going to give it away this week. Uh, we'll check in with the Caravan of the Force as they travel out to Star Wars Celebration Europe. And we got a bunch of listener feedback and so much more, including, yes, Billy D. But first, we're still reeling from some of the heavy conversation from last week's show, including our discussion about the Notorious GL and his appearance in the Trek Nation documentary bonus features. Turns out, Jim, we were half right. Half right. He actually is on disc two of the uh, DVD collection. But little did we realize that he is featured heavily in the actual feature Trek Nation itself. A film, by the way, which came out in 2011. So we are so far behind. But what do you want from us? It's a Star Wars podcast. We're talking about <laughs> Trek here. So almost with a badge of honor, we... That thing's been out since 2011? Yeah, yeah, it has been. Huh. I was surprised to see that myself. Why are we just hearing about this now? Because it was just released on a disc. Oh. Well then, well, then where could you get it before? I think on Netflix. Oh, really? Okay. And people lit up our email inbox, our Facebook, our Twitter. I had relatives phoning me. <laughs> uh, I, I had local law enforcement stop by. And local clergymen were right. praying for me. Gene Roddenberry's you know, t- uh, communing with us from beyond. It was incredible, the avalanche of feedback we got. So actually last night I did sit down and I started to watch Trek Nation. Unfortunately, I nodded off before the big George Lucas sequence. But I can tell you it's a very well thought out documentary about Star Trek fans with the thread running through the whole thing about Rod Roddenberry's desire to learn more about his dad who died when he was 17 years old and they didn't have the closest relationship when he was growing up so it's very interesting unfortunately i didn't get to the george lucas stuff so we still plan on dissecting what he has to say coming up in a later edition of rebel force radio but i just want everyone to know we hear you loud and clear we realize george lucas is in this film and he's part of the bonus features disc two also uh the question Jim, is that song that was featured in the um, Billy D. Quote of the Week last week, where he was doing a parody of West Coast, is that song obscure? We said it was obscure. We said it was really, really far left of the dial kind of stuff. But um, some are saying otherwise. Well, far left of the dial when you're talking about looking at a map of the United States of America. Yeah, it's far left. It's West Coast. Jason, you're in Cleveland. I'm in Chicago. We don't hear the song West Coast on the radio ever. So to us, it is obscure. And you know what? Middle America, we're the vote that counts here. We're, we're, 
<laughs> We're the fulcrum here, you know? <laughs> and if we haven't heard of it, then damn it, it's obscure. Just because you've heard a song on a radio station or just because it was featured in an episode of The O.C. or the film Cloverfield doesn't make it something iconic and huge. I understand the tie-in with The Course of the Force, West Coast. They carry the lightsaber down the 101 on the West Coast, obviously. But if you have, and this is what I said last week, if you have... Billy D. Williams in character as Lando Calrissian singing karaoke in the Star Wars Cantina. You have to go, you have to think big. You have to have him singing something like Sinatra's Luck Be a Lady or <laughs> Al Green's Let's Get It On or Jimmy Buffett's Why Don't We Get Drunk and uh-uh. <laughs> think about it. That to me has greater entertainment value than West Coast. Other people pointed out that the sort of plucky sound at the beginning fits in well with the sound of Figure and Dan and the modal nodes, specifically that steel drum sound that the band somehow miraculously. Yeah, we got that. We 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 pointed that out last we week. We point that out. Yeah. And um and no, there's no there's no level of disdain for the nerdist as someone called us out on Twitter for Disdain. Was, yeah, yeah, that's what I heard. Disdain. But, uh, you know, maybe jealousy, maybe a little bit of jealousy (laughs) because uh, he's pulling a lot of weight there with the uh, Star Wars productions that he has going on. But God bless him. Let him do it. You know, he's passionate about Star Wars. So uh, I say uh, more of that stuff. But if you have Billy D and you're going to have him sing any karaoke song you can think of, think big, think really big, a little Barry White, maybe. Yeah, I don't think West Coast would even make like. Well, hard to say because I was completely unaware of the song until this bit. But knowing, even knowing now, I don't think it would crack the top hundred. Top hundred what? Potential tunes for Billy D to do in the cantina, karaoke well, style. We could just probably go on all night about songs we'd want to. You know, I how about like you know, I like big butts and I cannot lie. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe I like big huts. When I right, see Jason, Jason, you're you're getting it. There I'm you thinking. go, Jason. Right, right. You know what I really enjoyed was that song Billy D guested on a few years back. It was featured on Funny or Die called the Ewok Gospel. If you guys haven't seen that, look that one up. Yeah, because that's using Billy D in a really great way when you want to talk about Star Wars tributes and parodies. But West Coast, what still a great production. All the way through, a uh, fantastic job. Tom Spina bringing out the alien masks and the authenticity of the set itself was really impressive. Uh, it's a visual feast for sure, even though it might let me down personally as far as the song choice. I still think, all in all, it was a, a great production. And I miss you. And lastly, forgive us for not being UK residents, but uh, there's there's a, apparently a Coke campaign uh, for the uh, the soft drink over there in the uh, where they're actually putting people's names on the bottles. Now I got this confused with the campaign that they have in the states right now, which are these cans. Jimmy, have you seen these that they split, and you oh, can you share a Coke. 
Yeah, you brought this up last week, and right. I, I didn't search them out or anything. I haven't seen this uh, share. But anyway, so I, I assumed that that was the uh, that was the case that they, that they, it was all part of the same promotion. But uh, little did I know that the uh, the name promotion share a Coke with fill in the gap fill in the blank rather uh, is something completely different. So yeah, they're putting names on Coke bottles in the UK, and that of course led to the story we had last week about. The search for the most obscure name in the UK, which we, was like Zebediah or something, right? <laughs> yeah, but the big surprise was that they discovered three people living in Britain are named Yoda. Right. So the reason I think Coke is releasing this information is because, as you said, Jason, they have these bottles and cans of Coke in the UK with... Instead of the Coke logo, it says someone's individual name. I'm looking at a picture right here. It says Paul. So there's one for uh, Paul Bateman. Mm. He can he can go and search it out. But who's this Lisa chick though? Right next to him. I know I'm a little uncomfortable about that too. But <laughs> <laughs> so um <laughs> so um what you have now is an instant Star Wars collectible that's out there. Star Wars fans in London. And the entire country of England need to be looking for the Coke cans or bottles that say Yoda. Now, are we sure that they're out there? They have, why would Coke release that bit of information if they weren't intending on putting the name on the bottles? So they're doing every name, even Zebediah or whatever that was. How many bottles and cans of Coca-Cola are produced every day? You can probably... Name the country over 20,000 times in a week. I wonder how many of each name they're putting out. One for every person that has that name in the UK? Oh, no, 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 no. No. So I you're not saying there are three Yodas out there. You're saying there's, there's probably one Yoda. Um, no, I'm, I'm thinking that Yoda got to run, and uh, Yoda got to run because he drank too much Coke. No, that's <laughs> what I mean. I mean, he got a printing run, so that it would probably be maybe not as much as the others, but hmm. I'm telling you, UK listeners, there is a Yoda can or bottle of Coke out there. Find it. Take a picture of it, and we'll put it on our Facebook page. Indeed. Indeed. And if you can find uh, an Athena bottle, please, please put it next to Paul. Get rid of Lisa. This is making me very uncomfortable. Would you care for a refreshing beverage? I have good news for you, my lord. That's good news. Come closer, I have good news. All right, when there's no news, what do people do? They start rumors. So this came from badassdigest.com. This was uh, published uh, earlier this week by Devin Farachi. And uh, Devin is making the claim that he's hearing rumors, rumors from credible and multiple insiders that J.J. Abrams may be on the verge of dropping out of the Star Wars project. So, according to Devin, he continued at Comic-Con to hear these whispers, as Padme would say. And also combines that with the fact that there has not yet been a director named for Star Trek Three, and that even Zachary Quinto has said or hinted that 
perhaps J.J. Abrams will come back for a third Star Trek outing. So uh, apparently Devin reached out to Lucasfilm. Or excuse me, no, IGN reached out to Lucasfilm, right? Yeah, right, right. This for a, for a comment. This dropped like a bomb for some reason. Um, these websites have a lot of clout, apparently. Badass Digest. Again, I'm being introduced to websites I've never heard of just on the basis of these rumors that get thrown out there. And with very little Star Wars information coming out of San Diego Comic-Con, very little at all. Big letdown. And you know what? Lucasfilm released uh, a statement prior to Comic-Con saying, don't be expecting much from Star Wars at Comic-Con. Not this time. Did they really? Yes, they did. Oh. They, they, they wanted to make sure people just didn't get their hopes up. Right. It was actually posted on StarWars.com. It wasn't unusual to have Star Wars Day at San Diego Comic-Con. That's been a, a big event for, uh, for the convention for a long time. I, I think it's been a while since they actually had Star Wars Day, at least been a year. I don't think they did it last year. No, they haven't done it for a few years, actually calling the programming itself Star Wars Day. That hasn't happened in a few years. But there is still a bit of Star Wars programming happening on Friday, which was traditionally the Star Wars Day. So you have your Hasbro panel and uh, whatnot. Uh, I don't know. I, I believe J.W. Rinsler had a panel about the upcoming making of Return of the Jedi book. And he actually did. Yes, he did. And he showed um, a blooper reel that had never been seen before. It was about, you know, just a few minutes long, but hmm. he had uncovered it while researching this book, Making of oh. Return of the Jedi. And so there were some uh, interesting bloopers shown that have never been screened before anywhere. Well, we'll have to wait for that next Blu-ray. Exactly. Yeah, they'll, they'll always be finding stuff. And of course, I did hear the usual chorus of complaints then from people saying, what? Where's this coming from? I thought everything was released on that last Blu-ray set. Oh, no, no, not everything. There's no you, way they could release everything. You have no idea how much stuff. Remember when uh, Steve Sansweet was telling us about all the footage they shot for episode one alone was something in the neighborhood of... 700 to 1,000 hours of just simple documentary footage. Yeah. Think about it. And, 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 and they shot everything. Everything. <laughs> so anyway, apparently IGN uh, acted upon these rumors and, and pushed Lucasfilm for a statement. And Lucasfilm delivered and said, there is no truth to the rumor. J.J. is having a great time working on the script and is looking forward to going into production Next year. Yes. So they, they put the kibosh on that right away. And as I was, uh, the point I was trying to make, though, was the fact that because there was this, this lack of new, fresh Star Wars news coming out of Comic-Con, I think some people are taking it upon themselves to sort of create their own news and use Comic-Con as a conduit for a place to start shoving these rumors out there despite the fact though that lucasfilm tried to get ahead of this as you say and release a statement saying don't get your hopes up but this blew up this blew up to the point where it was really hitting the mainstream airwaves with a lot of people speculating like this show like this show we're about as mainstream as it gets so that led badass digest devin faraci some uh, they left him the dance floor, let's just say, and <laughs> and uh, 
Devin put on his tap dancing shoes. He had an update, and he just said, I just want to make it clear that I never said Abrams is leaving, and he didn't. I'm just saying that I've heard rumors from many sources that he's been considering threatening it. Other web types have heard the same. We've all been hearing it for months. There's been a lot of other sites that have been running with this part of the story as if it's in stone, and it isn't even close. So he's saying, why am I hearing these rumors? He thinks he's hearing enough rumors to give it legs. Now, naturally, what a, a, a journalist would do would be start sniffing out. You know, he should have reached out to Lucasfilm. He should have checked with other sources and maybe tried to develop a story here that could expose whether or not this is true. Instead, he just ran with it. Why am I hearing this? And, and you know what? I mean, I, I can understand why he would do that. But, you know, he can't be then suddenly surprised, like, oh, my God, how come other people are picking up on it? As a matter of fact, he should be, he should, you know, that's a score for him. Well, if, if, if his beef is that these other sites are citing him as a source and saying, According to Badass Digest, J.J. Abrams is about to drop out of Star Wars. I could see him being upset because that's not what he's claiming. He says, hey, I'm hearing rumors that this is the case. Just letting you all know, this is what I'm hearing. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I see his side of the story for sure. Um, what do you think, Jason? Do you think there's any legs to this at all, despite the fact that Lucasfilm has denied it? Well, I think this would be a massive, massive PR crisis uh, for Lucasfilm if this, if this was true. Um, I, I have to say that I'm very surprised at the lack of news of late. I just feel like if this thing is going to roll in front of the cameras in December, that um, we should have been hearing something by now. There should be, have been some sort of confirmation I really find it hard to believe that they're waiting for Celebration Europe to uh, this week to, to, to drop the news. I, I just think that Comic-Con would have been a much bigger event. Uh, you would have had more of the media already there on hand to do some sort of a, a press conference. Uh, it just seems very, very strange. Now, maybe not. If the, if, if George, if the culture that George has created... The, the culture of secrecy, uh, you know, to the point of, you know, Jim, the infamous Blue Harvest, you know, they, they really uh, and, and you heard about some of the techniques that they use for the scripts, uh, for the prequels. And, you know, even the 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 leads weren't getting they were just getting sides. They weren't getting full scripts. They were getting pages at a time and uh, all the lengths that they went to to make sure that the, the plots didn't get out. So I could see that. But on the other hand. Uh, before the cameras roll, just just the details of who's in the film, and uh, some of the, the you know the other you know the crew and all of this, it just seems very very hard to believe that the film is in the position that it needs to be at this point to make the date. Let me ask you this: You said you were surprised that there was no you know. What is the announcement that you're looking for? It's already been announced that J.J. Abrams is directing the film. Uh -huh. It's already been announced who's writing it. It's been announced. The cast. That the cast. To me, it's not real until the, they, they announce the cast. Okay. Um, Come clean and say that, the, that those three are going to be in the film. Yep. Get them in front of, you know, Jim, uh, you're, a, you're a Bond fan. 
that's part of the uh, the ritual of every Bond film is there's the big press conference. You get the guy who's playing Bond. You introduce, you know, who's going to be the villain. All you know is that the villain's going to be named this. And the, the two Bond girls are, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so. And they do the, the big dog and pony show and they announce the name, you know, the title. I mean, that, that's the formula for Bond. But uh, I, I don't think that it's um, a stretch to think that you would use something like San Diego Comic-Con as a platform for this. And I, I just wonder, is, uh, is, is this a... a is Disney showing, you know, Disney's, they've released some big titles. They haven't released Star Wars. And there's nothing in film as big as Star Wars. And I just wonder if they're showing their, I'll say it, their immaturity here. <laughs> Unprepared to handle Star Wars, are ye? Ah, a little bit, a little bit. What kind of presence? I see. I have so many questions to ask you. Mm-hmm. The Bond press conferences; mm-hmm. those happen when, like, a few months before it goes in front of the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, generally. Yeah, well, yeah. we're still a few months before it goes in front of the cameras. It doesn't go in front of the cameras until January, so that's still more than four months away. Mm-hmm. Possibly even five, depending on when in January, mm-hmm. January they actually shoot. So sure. there's a lot of time between now and then. Um, you're dealing with uh, the, the three superstars you want to bring back. So I'm sure that the negotiation processes are being really uh, complicated. Oh, really? You think so? You think you really think it's that much of a feat yeah, to get Mark that- Hamill or Carrie Fisher back in there? I mean, yep. maybe Harrison Ford, but I don't buy it with the other two. I mean, dude is in. I mean, how many times do we have to hear it from Mark? Dude is no, in. Mark, Mark is saying that, you know, he's, he's very much looking forward to it and everything, but, right. you know. They 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 are they have these machines around them that are always mm-hmm. trying to get the best things for their true clients and whatnot. And so if a Mark is getting something that Carrie isn't getting, well, Carrie has to get that. And so there's a lot of back and forth that goes on. You know, this, but, this, but don't you think if it was at that point, we'd be hearing rumors about that? We've been hearing rumors, a lot of rumors about them being actually in the film, going all the way yeah, back. Yeah, but I'm talking about what you what you're saying. I mean, that kind of like. I mean, that's great gossip fodder for them to be maybe, you know, not bickering, but, you know, fighting for this or that in the contract. I just feel like if there was a kerfluffle, it's I think it's the lack of anything that has me the most concerned, because I think that if there was really a lot of hubbub behind the scenes, we'd be hearing rumors about that. But we're not. We're hearing nothing. And then there's these whispers that J.J. might be dropping out. I mean, is he... I don't know. I, I think there's some credit. I think this sounds credible to me. And it would be an enormous nightmare, PR-wise, for Disney and Lucasfilm. If that happened, it was quite a coup to get this guy. I see very few uh, directors who could step in at this point under that shadow. Um, the shadow of Abrams. I mean, there's only maybe two guys I could think of that would satisfy the fans who'd be so disappointed that J.J. was no longer at the helm, and that would be George Lucas himself or Steven Spielberg. Right, right. Um, 
you know, I'm I'm not necessarily a fan who's all wrapped up in J.J. Abrams. I'm not a fan of J.J. Abrams. I'm a fan of Star Wars. And I understand that J.J. Abrams, a lot of people think he is the right guy to do it. But, I, you know, I tend to agree with what Charles Lippincott was saying a couple of weeks ago. There's got to be a lot of very interesting talent out there that don't necessarily have the big marquee name of a J.J. Abrams who can really do a fantastic, put together a fantastic Star Wars film. And we're going to get to see that because they are going to be rotating directors in and out, I'm sure, because we're hearing about you know, episode seven, eight, and nine, and we're also hearing about the standalone film. So there's going to be several opportunities for a lot of different talented directors to take the helm of Star Wars. So I don't think the return of Star Wars necessarily is made or broken by J.J. Abrams, whether he's going to run it or not. I just really don't feel that way. And I did see, I did see the new Star Trek. I saw the uh, Into Darkness. Oh, did you? And, uh, and I got to tell you, I mean, I had to think to myself a few times into the film is J.J. going to be bringing this kind of stuff to the Star Wars table? And part of me doesn't want him to because it's the Star Trek thing is an obvious reboot. Is that what we're faced with here as we're approaching Star Wars Episode Seven? Are we faced with a Star Wars reboot on the horizon? I know a lot of media have been very comfortable with using that terminology, but I, I quite honestly haven't been. I'm looking for a continuation of the Star Wars saga from episode six to episode seven. I don't want to see something so vastly different that it's going to knock me out of my seat. Star Trek needed those jumper cables. Does Star Wars? Well, some people might say, yeah, some people might say that George failed miserably with the prequels. We hear it. We, we every time you go online, you hear it. I don't personally feel that way. I, I felt like the, the prequels moved in rather seamlessly into the original trilogy. I, I felt like it all flows together as one solid whole. Maybe there are some parts of, you know, certain prequel films I don't think really match up to what you get on the whole from the original trilogy, but that still doesn't mean I don't think it's a consistent fabric that runs through Star Wars. Now, all of a sudden, J.J. Abrams comes, takes over. There's all those, those uh, sun flares, uh, lens flares on the screen and shaky camera work and... Uh, you know, stuff like that. Um, do we want that as Star Wars fans? That's the question we got to ask is, are we so sold on J.J. Abrams as being the guy to bring back Star Wars at this point that we're, we're blind to some possible complications he might be bringing along with him? By the way, I've always grown very comfortable with knowing that George Lucas is the guy overseeing things with Star Wars. I grew very comfortable with knowing that these concepts were being developed at Skywalker Ranch and at ILM by people who have been pioneers in the field since the beginning. I don't know anything about Bad Robot. Bad Robot all of a sudden is coming in to take over Star Wars. Not just J.J. Abrams, but his whole menagerie, his crew that comes with him. And the baggage that all brings as well. Hey, again, I'm going to pull the reins back a little bit because I don't mean to be peeing into the sequel pool right now. That's the last thing I want to do. I'm very excited to see what J.J. Abrams can do with Star Wars. But the future of the franchise does not rely on J.J. Abrams. Star Wars is bigger than one individual, except for one guy, George Lucas, who we've grown used to having Star Wars under his shepherding wing for all these years, but now it's going to be a different sort of thing. Is it going to look different? Is it going to feel different? I am comfortable with the Star Wars I know. 
And there are certain standards that we hold to Star Wars and things that we want to see consistent with the existing films. Are we ready for a reboot? Do we need J.J. Abrams to guide us along the way? I don't know about either of those two things. Well, I think in the case of Trek, um, a reboot was pretty much unavoidable unless they wanted to just, you know, I mean, Trek was always faced with this decision. All right. Is it just going to be another ship with another crew? And we fast forward another 100 years or 200 years. That was sort of where they were. They knew that they wanted to go back and recapture the magic of the original characters. And, of course, they were in a position where they had to recast them. Yeah. So but there's just there's there's a different there's just something different about the whole vibe of the new Star Trek, too. And and Star Trek is a franchise that has been rebooted time and time again. When you think about it, it got rebooted when they started making movies and then they got rebooted when they brought it back to TV for Next Generation. And then they started. No, I think that Next Generation was a continuation. No, I don't. No, it was. It clearly was. It was a reboot of the franchise. Yes, it continued, you know, along. A reinvigoration the, of the, the franchise, canon, the but it wasn't was a there. reboot. Yes, the canon was yeah. there. And, and to me, a reboot rewrites the canon. I mean, that's how I would define a reboot. Well, that, see, that. You know, pretty- Battlestar Galactica was a reboot. Yes. Star Trek, the Abrams verse, is a reboot. Uh, I don't think that J.J. is out to reboot Star Wars. But but let me let me just say this. I, he, here's the thing. If they would have just announced, oh, hey, by the way, the director is J.J. Abrams. And if he backed out five, six months later, not the end of the world. But it was, oh, my God. There is nobody that we wanted more than this guy. Oh, and yeah. we and we went to dinner and we did and I begged and he said no and we had him back and it was oh my god and we have him I mean come on let's face it there was a lot of hype on the behalf of Lucasfilm PR that they've got JJ and as well there should be because in terms of as you say marquee name directors out there is there a lot of talent sure. Oh, I'd like to see Kyle Newman get a crack at Episode 7. He could probably make an amazing Episode 7, given the resources that J.J.'s going to have. But is that is that likely to happen? No. So they want a sure thing. Disney's playing, you know, they're putting the smart money down on a guy like J.J. Abrams, who has a track record of being able to, being equally comfortable creating his own universes and also stepping into the universes that uh, of, of other creators. I think on paper, J.J. is a great choice. I just feel I'm looking at this from a PR angle. How do they walk this back unless they have somebody who is perceived to be equal or greater than J.J.? It would be very, very difficult for them to make that announcement, you know, if that's the case. I just fear personally, I fear that. The whole process, I don't know this, but my fear is because of the lack of any real news or any credible rumors outside of this one, uh, is that it's just, it's chaos. I feel like it's chaos. I feel like it's not ready 
I feel like if they do run the cameras, it does go before cameras in January, that it's going to have been rushed. It's just the feeling that I get. I'm not saying it's true. It's the perception. And in PR, perception is reality. And there's nothing coming down from Lucasfilm or Disney that's making me, as a Star Wars fan, feel good right now. Well, look at it this way. Outside of Rebels. Look at it this way. Maybe this will help you just calm your jets a little bit. (laughs) You still have two major, major platforms for them to make huge announcements and do so on their own turf so they get all the media they want. And that would be with Star Wars Celebration Europe and the D23 Disney Expo. Both of those happen before the summer's over. Heck, you know, Celebration Europe is this weekend. So you got to be watching everything that happens. Because our experience with Star Wars Celebrations is that, yeah, sure, we're there and we're standing in line and we finally get in to see these panels and everything. And by the time we leave that hall... The videos that we wanted to see and everything are already up on StarWars.com. It happens that fast. Yeah. And um, so uh, no fan left behind for sure. Just, you know, keep your eye on the Internet this weekend, and you'll be getting things like YouTube videos from fans who are at Star Wars Celebration Europe. You're going to be getting videos up on StarWars.com and news flying out left and right at places like Jedi News and on Twitter. Our man, our Rebel Force Radio correspondent, we have a few of them out there, actually. We have Paul Bateman, who will be joining us next week for a complete report from the convention. And David Collins will be checking in with us over the weekend, and we'll be recording updates with David. So that could actually turn into a special report that we would release early next week. Some of the things me and David have talked about that are going to be happening at Star Wars Celebration Europe are going to be insane. And we want our listeners here in the United States who couldn't make the trip out to Essen, Germany, to be able to experience all the sights, sounds, and smells. Well, maybe not the smells. (laughs) But <laughs> the sights and sounds of Star Wars They smell bad on the inside, outside, left side, right side. Let me tell you. So David's going to be busy. He's going to be hosting the digital stage, and he has a few yeah. other behind-the-scenes things he's up to, which sound right. extremely cool. And he'll be providing us with coverage here on Rebel Force Radio. So just be watching the Rebel Force Radio feed, and uh, you might get a special release next week. I say might because you know how these things go with conventions sure. and Wi-Fi and schedules and everything. But right. by golly, we're going to make it happen, Captain. So our listeners here in the States and elsewhere can enjoy the no fan left behind policy that we've always had as long as we've been podcasting about Star Wars. And, you know, I think that you're right to point out these two events. These are massive events. And even though there has been nothing pre-announced as it relates to Episode 7 and Star Wars Celebration Europe 2, Jim, as a couple of Celebration veterans, you and I, we know that there's always room for surprises at Star Wars Celebration. We were not expecting a Blu-ray announcement, much less were we expecting to see a cl- the, the, the clip, the long-awaited, did-it-happen, did-it-not-happen clip of Luke constructing his lightsaber there in the cave on Tatooine. 
we were not expecting that, and it happened. We weren't expecting a reunion between Carrie, Mark, and and George right there on the stage, but it happened. So celebrations are known for some for having some surprises. Yeah, I'll bet, and um, Celebration Europe won't be any different. Things to look out for, closing ceremonies, look for an announcement about Star Wars Celebration 7, which uh, I've been hearing rumored to be happening next year back in Orlando, Florida. I've been hearing that for a long time, actually. So look for an official announcement of that. And um, as far as Star Wars Rebels goes, I don't think Dave is going to have any actual footage of the show to screen for everyone. But you never know. He might have some sketches and animatics or maybe some character designs, what have you. Um, But, yeah, I I would be very, very surprised if there was some actual finished, completed footage from that show. One thing we do know about Dave is that when it comes time for him to present something to the fans at a celebration, he is the guy that is fighting for every single possible thing he can he can bring. He doesn't leave anything on the table. He pushes the envelope every time. And so if he doesn't bring it, you know that it doesn't exist or that he tried really, really hard to get the, the, uh, the green light on it because that guy... Um, really, really takes his responsibility to the fans very seriously to deliver. So I'm, I'm sure he has some tricks up his sleeve. And as far as J.J. Abrams, I find it highly unlikely that he would make an appearance at Star Wars Celebration Europe. Uh, but you never know. There's been a little bit of rumors about that, but you never know. Um, I think that he's really locked into working on the script right now and doing so in L.A. That's one thing that has kind of been a sticking point for J.J. is the fact that he does have to fly overseas to England to film Star Wars 7. Mm-hmm. And uh, he doesn't want to be away from his family or, you know, it's, it's difficult. He has to uproot his family. He's got kids and they have to move out to England for a major portion of 2014. So, uh, you know, as someone well, who has I, a parent and I'm, I, I'm a parent and I have a house, I, I understand that that's that kind of uprooting is there's nothing easy about it. Even if you are J.J. Abrams with all the crap right. he holds. You know what? No, man, you're, you're absolutely right. doesn't matter how much money you have, how much success you have. Your kids are still going to be kids. <laughs> your wife is still your wife. She's still got uh, a mouth. That's right. <laughs> With vocal cords. <laughs> that's right. But I, I do want to say you, you stumbled on something I think that's, that's, that's very interesting. And that is the possibility of an appearance at Celebration by J.J. Abrams. That would, for me as a fan, put my fears at ease that he's, yep, that he's still at the helm. I think in light of these rumors... That, that these rumors make it a stronger possibility that if they have the ability to get him there, to come out on stage with Kathleen Kennedy for a good photo op and him to talk for five minutes to the fans um, and also to cement him in an, in, in an environment where the hype is going to be there to cement him as the figurehead of Star Wars on film at least for the next uh, several years, I think that would be a huge play for them. Huge play. My prediction is, as much as the people who put 
Star Wars celebration together, uh, they're not going to be able to pull that off. I, I just think J.J. is going to be too busy. I mean, even look at Dave Filoni. He was supposed to go out there for the whole weekend, and now he's just going to be there on Friday. He's not going to be there Saturday and Sunday. It's because he, there's so many things demanding his time. J.J. Abrams is the same kind of person. So it's really difficult for them to make that kind of flight. What is the flight from uh, L.A. out to uh, Germany? It's... It's like fourteen hours or something like that. I, I mean, that's that's yeah, very. Dave's doing it for a day. JJ, maybe they could fly in the same same plane. Sure. Can you imagine can that just... conversation? How would you like to be the? How'd you like to be the skinny guy there in the middle between those two guys? That'd be amazing. <laughs> Have that middle seat there. Or no, they're sitting. It'd be together. like a box, like a tennis match, just head going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. They're sitting together in first class. Dave has got his DVD player there, and he's watching a Godzilla movie. No, no wait, wait, wait. No one in Lucasfilm writes first class except George. Right, okay. So, right. yeah, they're all sitting in the, the very back row. Right. And, you know, like um, their knees are getting banged by the garbage <laughs> cart and stuff. And Dave's watching a Godzilla film. Of course. And, uh, and J.J. goes, um, hey, uh, share an earbud. So they're like sharing the earbuds, you know, mm. Jay has the one in the left ear and Filoni's got the one in the right ear and they're just watching a Godzilla movie together. I love that. Of course, Dave would be watching the actual Japanese, uh, no, you know, with, with English subtitles. And, no uh, subtitles. No, no, subtitles. no. Dave doesn't even rock the, the subtitles. Doesn't have to. Doesn't have we Wow. No, he's seen it so many times. He knows right. all the dialogue. Gojira. So, but so my prediction, though, for Star Wars Celebration and J.J. Abrams appearing, not going to happen, but he will be seen in a video. They will screen some sort of video, a message to fans from J.J. Abrams himself. So hopefully that will help satisfy your fears a little bit, Jason, until D23 when the cast for Star Wars Episode Seven will be announced. Mark, Harry, and... Mark, Harry, and Carison. No, that doesn't work. Mark... Well, the Harry does work, <laughs> but the kerosene certainly does not. Mark kerosene, what? They'll all be together with J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy, all on the same stage. Yeah. So that's that's why it'll happen. Oh. That's going to happen on the West Coast. But <laughs> in my suitcase. But I mean, it'll be convenient for J.J. to be there. Right, right, right. Well, hey, you know what? Speaking of Harrison Ford... He spoke recently to MTV's Josh Horowitz, who is the uh, host there at uh, Comic-Con Live, about J.J. Abrams and Episode 7. So a rare comment by the grumpy one, Harrison Ford, on J.J. Um, there's, there's talk of another iconic character you may be returning to soon. You know I have to ask. Are you excited about the prospect of falling back into Han Solo? And will that be easy for you to get back into character, you think? It's been a while. You're doing that again? You talking to me? <laughs> Wait, are you doing, are you talking are you doing Raging me? Bull? What's happening? No, no. I, uh, I, I, I'm not prepared at, the, at this time to, to uh, uh, have an in-depth conversation about, um, what did you call it again? Star Wars. Star Wars. A Hansella. No, I can't talk about it. No worries. Uh, are you I have guys a pitch for that, by the way, huh? if, you, if you don't like that. I have a pitch. <laughs> I'd be happy to hear it. <laughs> you guys do obviously both know J.J. very well in different capacities. I mean, he, why is he the, the right guy for this? Can either of you speak to the fact that, like, why this is an exciting prospect for him as the, the person to inherit the mantle, at least for this film? He lo it's what got him into the business. Let's start there. 
you know, I, th- I think he's, uh, he's a great storyteller. He's, um, he's developed a, an a enormous filmmaking skill. Uh, I think it's a daunting project, and he's uh, uh, the kind of guy that uh, can take on huge challenges and, uh, and uh, deliver. Um, uh, other than that, I don't know. You first worked with him. He's an awful nice guy. He was like 15 when you first worked with him or something. He was absolutely yeah. young. Yeah, yeah. Henry, obscenely right? young, yes. So annoying, these talented but young people. Wonderful, uh, wonderful guy. Really happy uh, that he's involved in the movie, even if I'm not. You are. What's the split? He is. I know nothing. Exactly. Truly. Okay, he is. <laughs> so who is he talking? Who else? Who's the other guy? I, I was afraid you were going to ask that, Jason. I, I tried to research who it was. I, I'm sure it's someone from his film Ender's Game, ah, uh, but I okay. just I didn't recognize the guy and and didn't really have enough time to take a close okay. enough look. Well, um, I kept thinking I, about the Ron Burgundy movie, like because <laughs> I know he's in Harrison Ford is showing up in that. Yeah, yeah. No, no, but, no, no. This, this is, is all uh, promoting Ender's and, Game. And that's why Harrison yeah. was at Comic Con to begin with, and you know, God bless Harrison Ford, but really. Quit acting like so shocked that people are asking about Star Wars and just come up with some kind of stock BS answer you can give people. It's well, he sort of did. He said, you know, I'm not prepared to discuss I, that. I am. I am. Um, um, are you talking? Was that question directed? Now, something you could, you know, he just needs to come uh. up with. Just a general answer, you know. I love uh, that you're the yin to the yang of David Collins. He does a great young Harrison Ford circa 1977. And you do the best. <laughs> Harrison Ford, 2013. It's amazing. If they ever want to do an Bookends, audio, you two. this is your life, Harrison Ford, in audio form. <laughs> we, can, we can both play, yeah. Uh, curmudgeon. Jeez, oh, that guy's a come David just, Collins is my personal River Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, right. Wow. So, but but Harrison. So, you, what you don't get from just listening to the audio is at the very end when Harrison says that uh, you know I'm not going to be in it or whatever he says. He says like, it, whether he's JJ will be do. He's happy for JJ whether he's in it or not. Uh, yeah, but you don't. Here in the audio clip, is the fact that Harrison winks right into the camera. I mean, it's great. You know, it's like, ah, it's very animated. Oh, really? Oh, okay. It's, it's not a close-up shot. Either. Uh-huh. It's from a long shot. Oh, okay. So there's a video of this out there. Yeah. And he's already told Dean Richards at WGN here in Chicago that he's going to do it. Right. Um, but, you know, then they all got their wrists slapped. Mark did, too. There's a, been an embargo mm-hmm. put on Mark Hamill discussing Star Wars at this point. Right. Um, I know there's going to be a press conference this weekend with Mark and Carrie at Star Wars Celebration Europe. And I, I hope we can bring you highlights of that press conference. But what's interesting about this is an, it, it isn't going to be like open Q&A for media just to ask any random question. It's going to be taking place more of like, like as an interview. and uh, the moderator. David, oh, David Collins is going to moderate. David is going to do it. Good. Yeah. Good. So uh, now that so. that's there's another guy. See, it's about trust. There's a guy, folks, who, who we know we know that if there's a way 
if there's a possibility, if it's within the realm of possibility to ask those two a question about episode seven, David will find a way. So if you don't hear it, it ain't possible. Right? Well, David will find a way. We will find out soon enough. Like I said, be looking at the Rebel Force Radio feed for some special releases if uh, we can uh, make the stars align and uh, be able to produce a show with uh, me here in Chicago and David out in us in Germany. I I think we'll be able to do it. So just stay tuned. All right. So last week, Jimmy and I, free of charge, introduced... One heck of a concept for a standalone Star Wars film featuring the return of Mace Windu. Not just any Mace Windu. Crazy, crazy Mace Windu. (laughs) We're talking dumpster diving Mace. Bag Lady Mace. Yes, yes. With a bird living on his head. (laughs) What we're thinking is that when he got tossed out that window in a Coruscant, he... He landed right in that shaft that leads down to level 1313. Mm-hmm. And he landed smack dab in a dumpster. Knocked him out cold. Knocked him out of his wits. He didn't know who he was or where he was or what he was doing. Got no hand. <laughs> so he seeks revenge then. And uh, emerges from the underworld. Mm-hmm. Crazy bag lady mace like 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 wearing kleenex boxes as shoes kind of crazy yes yes he's got on an old winnipeg jets uh, (laughs) jersey got got no sleeves and uh (laughs) so that's what we're expecting from mace and samuel jackson has been out there promoting this new animated film, Turbo, which just was released last week. And uh, Ryan Reynolds also co-stars in Turbo. It's Imagine uh, the film Cars, but with snails. There you go, Turbo. So it's a, a yeah. kitty film, animated movie. So it's real yeah. fast moving then. Yeah, right. It's like well, Cars one, without all the speed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of these snails is pretty slick. But, uh, so oh, hence Turbo. Yeah, that's Turbo, of course. Now, that would be Ryan Reynolds, I'm guessing. I'm assuming, yes. And I'm guessing that, so that makes Sam Jackson the mater? (laughs) Maybe he's the mater, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, right, Cars with Snails. So they're out there, they're promoting this thing, and this is a a, a very little-known interview. Um, This happened with, what were these gals called? The uh, What? Yeah, the, the screen, the, the the wild gals or something. What? It's on YouTube. Is this a pod- oh, it's a YouTube thing. Yeah, and I couldn't find any information about these girls, so I didn't even write down their names. I should have. I, I need to look this up actually. But so Samuel Jackson, Ryan Reynolds, they're doing the typical media junket for the film Turbo, and Samuel Jackson reveals that he's heard nothing from J.J. Abrams about being in Star Wars Episode Seven. So we know there's going to be a future in Star Wars. For whom? I don't know, for you. I don't know, maybe for him. J- no, for me. I, I just saw J.J. Abrams, he didn't say a damn word to me. He didn't say anything to you? No. So- and we were at Skywalker Rants, and he didn't say anything. Oh! It was like, I don't know. J.J. Yeah. Me and Harrison Ford. I think Harrison's doing it, though. I heard that he was doing yeah. it. That, that's the rumor. they got to put some old Star Wars people in there so that yeah, for sure. they can bring the others back yeah, into it. You know, can't just create a whole new audience out of nowhere. Right. So no chance for you. I'm not, you know, I 
thoroughly think that Jedi can fall from incredibly high distances and not die. And yes. that has that there is a history of Jedi's getting their hand cut off and showing back up. Star Wars is not unlike Dallas or Days of Our Lives. Yeah. <laughs> it does, just because you die doesn't mean you're gone. Not died. <laughs> fell out a window. Nobody Sorry. saw me die. <laughs> fell out a window with my purple lightsaber. It's Hollywood. They can bring you back however they I, want. Hey, it's in a galaxy far, far away. Exactly. I should be able to live forever. I agree. Right. Well, you know what? When you stop and think about it, it's not that crazy. No. Now, it's, it's totally, totally workable. And by the way, that was the fun gals. The fun gals. Boy, they sounded fun. A lot of fun. A lot of fun with the gals. <laughs> I, I couldn't find any other information about the fun gals, but I want to party yeah. with them. Yeah, definitely. Well, they so, get that kind of access. They're showing up there with Ryan Reynolds and Sam Jackson. But we'll put that video up. On so our- what was going on, Jim, at Skywalker Ranch recently that would put Sam Jackson and Harrison Ford there with J.J. Abrams. What's going on? What kind of parties are they having there? Was it an auction? Was it uh, was it an estate sale? What's going on? <laughs> Maybe they were running in a course of the force. No, not likely. Um, you know, they could have been working on uh, maybe the actual audio for Turbo. Perhaps that was recorded at Skywalker Sound. That's why most people end up going to Skywalker Ranch in the industry is to work on final mixes of the audio for their films. Skywalker Sound is one of the top players in the industry that provide that service. And especially with the standards over there, obviously a lot of filmmakers want to work with them. Mm -hmm. So that's what brings a lot of people to Skywalker Ranch on a professional level. Now, Samuel Jackson, he could have just been there hanging out. He's obviously a member of the family. They have living quarters on the ranch. They have an inn there, an actual full hotel with staff and rooms and everything, you name it. And it's very possible maybe Samuel Jackson had some business to take care of up in the Bay Area and decided he'd spend the weekend at Skywalker Ranch and just walk the grounds and relax because it is a filmmaker's resort. That's why George built it. And that's what he always intended it to be used for, was for his friends to not only have a place to go to work on their films in high-tech environments surrounded by beautiful, lush countryside, but also a place for them to stay while they're doing it. Because when you work on a film, you're dealing with a lot of deadlines that mean you are living and breathing that film from the moment you get up to the moment you go to bed. And that's what Skywalker Ranch provides, a place for these filmmakers to go and work on their films from sun up to sundown. You know, I'm thinking that uh, Kyle and Jamie should have their baby right there at Skywalker Ranch. Well, <laughs> they could get that Uba Uba droid from the uh, from the archives. <laughs> Dust that thing off. Can you imagine, poor Jamie? She kind of comes to, she wakes up, and there's that thing right in her face, and Kyle just beaming ear to ear. <laughs> <laughs> because that thing is in the room with. Oh, exactly, not, exactly, not right. It's the Uba droid, honey. Look, honey, look. All right, and then they go baptize the child there in Lake Ewok. I mean, they could do it all. They could do it all right there. Wow. That's a. <sighs> I'm sure Kyle is listening to this and taking notes. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. So, uh, actually, Jim, uh, last week we were in the discussion about Sam Jackson and, and his character is Mace Windu. We, we went back in time and we talked about the, his long lobbying efforts, uh, 
that, that he made to actually have a role in episode one. He said, I'll be a stormtrooper. And so we just talked about the history of that and how it's become sort of a, a legendary story. And we got an email from from Stu Watson who says, hey, guys, further to your conversation on a recent episode, the TV show where Samuel L. Jackson first pitched himself for episode one was during season two of UK. You know, it all happens in the UK, by the way. UK music talk show TFI Friday. Now, we always say TGI Friday here, but TFI Friday over there. In an episode which broadcast in December of 1996, the show ran for several years in the late 90s on the UK's Channel 4, and the episode in question was Season 2, Episode 13. Unfortunately, I have been, haven't been able to track down the episode in question, but I hope this helps you start to do so. So the challenge was laid out, Jim, from, uh, from Stu. Right, and Stu uh, searched for it. Now, I have not really turned over every rock looking for this thing yet, but I, I would like to play it on the show, Jason, because the way you set it up last week, you said it was urban legend, and I'm beginning to think that fandom is thinking that way nowadays, that, oh, yeah, yeah, like Sam Jackson, he was he wanted to be Mace Windu so bad, he went on, uh, legend has it, he went on a TV show and, and said he'd do it, and and so it's getting lost in the fabric of time. So I want to find that actual audio where it all began for Samuel Jackson, where George Lucas heard that Sam wanted to be in episode one and said, bring him over to the ranch. Let's talk to him. And so they decided that he would play Mace Windu and he would be very dour and serious and dialed back and toned down and not the in-your-face Mace Windu character we know Sam Jackson could be. I was expecting a very emotional character when I heard he was cast as a Jedi Master in Star Wars. But this is before we understood really what Jedi Masters did there at the end of their organized existence where they were very priestly, almost monk-like mm-hmm. in the way that they carried themselves. And, and nobody embodied that more, in my opinion, in a textbook fashion than Mace Windu. But when you have an actor like Samuel Jackson, who's so dynamic and who can just eat up a scene and, and get so intense, you, you just you, you feel the passion oozing off of him. Mace Windu was definitely a turn in a different direction for Samuel Jackson. So I got myself thinking here, what would it be like if we actually did get a little bit of crazy Mace Windu in Star Wars Episode Three, Revenge of the Sith? I wonder what that would have sounded like. Hmm. You're on this council, but we do not grant you the rank of Master. What? You're on this council, but we do not grant you the rank of Master. What? I am going to end this once and for all. What? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, mother... Say what one more time. I understand. Take a seat, young Skywalker. (laughs) What? (laughs) Disturbing. Oh, man. Now, see, I would pay to see that movie. I would pay to see that one. Oh, my gosh. I just want a little fire in the britches of that Jedi Master. That's all. (laughs) Oh, brilliant. Brilliant stuff. Well, hey, before we go any further, uh, we want to take a moment and uh, give back to you, our 
loyal listeners out there in Rebel Force Radio land, we actually have two copies of Troy Denning's Star Wars Crucible. That's right. Have you seen that in the bookstores? Is it out now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 because you can see the, the cover. And they're, they're, they're all looking real old. Although yeah. i got to say that Mark Hamill looks great in, uh, on the cover of this book. Carrie Fisher, she's looking pretty good. Harrison's really looking rough. I think Harrison, uh, Han Solo, looks older than Harrison Ford really looks right now. I have to agree. And this is the latest they've gone in the Star Wars timeline as far as publishing goes. These events that happen in this novel occur 45 years after the end of uh, Star Wars Episode Four. So that's what they use as ground zero, the right, Battle right, of Yavin. Right, right. So everything is before that and after that. And this is 45 years after. Hmm. And uh, so, yeah, we're real excited. Our, our friends at uh, Penguin Random House and uh, uh, Del Rey, our show and vice, uh, they supplied us with these great autographed, authentically autographed Troy Denning novels. So what we asked you Rebel Force Radio listeners to do was to leave us reviews on iTunes. And then we would just pick randomly whoever left us a review over the course of the last week, became eligible to win. I'm actually uh, punching up iTunes right now, and I'm punching in the most recent reviews. And I'm just kind of letting my mouse do a little dance around here, you know, a little. Uh, um, okay, here we go. Here's our winner. T. Crow 2000. T. Crow 2000, who says, love listening to the show. When RFR is not available, I am disappointed. Keep up the great work. Thanks for all that you do. May the force be with you. All right, T-Crow, you win, my friend. T-Crow is a big winner here on Rebel Force Radio. You win an authentically autographed copy of Troy Denning's Star Wars Crucible. We have one more copy to give away. And you know what, Jason? I want this contest to continue one more week. So everyone has a chance to... uh, Jump on board and become eligible. All you have to do is leave us a review on iTunes anytime between now and Tuesday, July 30th at 7 p.m. Central to be eligible to win this contest. We have one more copy of Crucible autograph to give away. The winner will be chosen at random. And uh, unfortunately, this is for U.S. listeners only. We cannot extend this to our friends overseas uh, for various reasons, but you guys get Star Wars Celebration Europe, too. So don't be whining at me about not getting Star Wars stuff. But as I said last week, our next giveaway will be exclusively for our listeners in the U.K. and abroad. But for now, this is just open to U.S. residents only, and it's brought to you by Penguin Random House and your friends here at Rebel Force Radio. Well, if you're looking for Star Wars stuff, it doesn't matter whether you're a U.S. resident or whether you live in Tunisia, the Tunisian desert itself, we want to tell you about our latest sponsor here at Rebel Force Radio, DorksideToys.com. DorksideToys.com, they feature the latest action figures from, of course, Star Wars, DC, Marvel, G.I. Joe, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, TMNT, for those of you. The Walking Dead and a whole lot more, including Hasbro's long-awaited Star Wars Black Series figures that are now up for pre-order, plus other big, big producers like General Giant, McFarlane, Mattel, and of course Hasbro. Great prices, service, and really fast delivery. It's all there for you at DorksideToys.com. So what we want you to do is go there, go to DorksideToys, 
com right now and sign up for their free newsletter. They'll keep you up to speed on all the new releases that are coming out when you can get your hands on the latest and greatest toys from all your favorite franchises and genres. Again, DorksideToys.com. We thank them so much for their support of us here at Rebel Force Radio. Yeah, those guys are great. Really friendly service, too. And what I like about them is you can pre-order things like the Black Series, and they don't jack up the price on you so much. So that's a really nice thing to see uh, with your online retailers because it seems like a lot of people are uh, out to take advantage of collectors from time to time, and they, they like to hype things as being really rare and hard to find when at the end of the day they truly are not. So uh, right. It makes you guys- feel like Arnold Schwarzenegger in that movie uh, Jingle All the Way, searching for the Turbo Man. Oh, you want a Turbo Man, huh? Well, it's going to cost you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I would laugh at that, but I've been caught in real-life situations <laughs> like that, you know. <laughs> For my little guys, so right. uh, you know those situations are are too real, yeah. too real to joke about. But you don't have to worry about that if you're a customer at Dorkside Toys. They got you covered. So be sure to visit DorksideToys.com right now. And as Jason said, sign up for their free newsletter because you actually do get uh, very cool action figure news, breaking news via their newsletter. Uh, information you won't get anywhere else. Those guys are all over at DorksideToys.com. You must contact me. Play back the entire message. What message? Message after the message. The Emperor commands you to make contact with him. It's a trick. Send no reply. All right, this is uh, timely. We got an email here from uh, William Millay from Newfoundland, or Newfoundland, Canada. Right. Will, who's a longtime listener to us here on our Star Wars podcast, uh, writes, A quick question. Now that we've seen the pics coming out of San Diego Comic-Con 2013 from Hasbro showing the new Black Series packaging for three and three-quarter and six-inch figures, where do the hosts of Rebel Force Radio stand on three three-quarter versus six-inch figures? Are you going to delve into collecting the six-inch figure line along with the three and three-quarter figures, or are you only going to stick strictly with the three and three-quarters? Anyhow, just thought it was a quick little topic you could use to start the show. As for me, I'm definitely jumping into the six-inch scale as I collect the six-inch Marvel Legends, and I've waited a long time for Hasbro to finally bring us six-inch Star Wars figures. I hear they're making some vehicles for the six-inch scale, too. Speeder bike! Cheers, Will. So, Jim? Yes? You've got a lot of great Star Wars stuff in the Star Wars room. You, you, You own... I would dare say, if not every figure, just about every figure. Where do you stand? Are you are you excited about the Black Series? Are you looking forward to maybe rebooting your collection and just sticking with the 6-inch? Because they're all new when you collect the 6-inch. Or are you just really loyal to the 3 and 3 quarter scale? Where do you stand Bingo. on all this? Bingo. I'm loyal to the three and three quarter inch scale. When Star Wars figures were being rumored to uh, making a reappearance back in the mid 90s, they've been off the shelves for a solid 10 years. No Star Wars on the pegs at all for a decade. And then you started hearing rumors about the fact that action figures were going to return. My first fear was going to be 
they would that the the size of the figures would not be compatible with my old vintage figures. That was the cornerstone of Star Wars collecting for me as a kid, and I wanted that to continue as an adult. I don't think I would have dove in headfirst for a six-inch line of action figures if this happened in the mid-90s. I was very happy with the direction Star Wars went in and Hasbro went in with the new line of figures, starting with the Power of the Force 2 back in the mid-90s. So I was very happy to see it was compatible. It was the same size because of several reasons. Number one, nostalgia. Like I said, it's a cornerstone of my childhood collecting the uh, three and three quarter inch figures um, and also affordability. You can be a completionist based on the old pricing for the three and three quarter inch figures, which would always hover around the four to six dollar range. Now, in the year 2013, we're looking at more like eight to ten dollar three and three quarter inch action figures. Now you're talking about rebooting, essentially, the line, starting anew with the Black Series, and you have a combination of six-inch figures and the three-and-three-quarter-inch. So what direction do you go in? Nowadays, I'm a little more open-minded about it, primarily because of the fact that I am coming off, collecting as a whole is, is coming off about 19 years of nonstop three-and-three-quarter-inch collecting. And it's almost refreshing to get a new choice of action figure size. Even though it was something I was reluctant against seeing in the mid-90s, I'm a little more open-minded about now in the year 2013. My fear was that they would be looking like He-Man action figures or, you know, the same size as the McFarlane action figures, which are great products, don't get me wrong, but... Could I still afford to be a completionist based on that scale? And the answer is no, I can't be. So I am just going to pick a few choice six-inch figures along the way and be happy with it. I don't have to be a completionist anymore. I have all of the three and three-quarter inch figures that I ever wanted. And I wait with bated breath for episode seven to roll around so that part of my collecting can get a jump start. Because it's been stagnant now for the last couple of years, based on the fact that Hasbro has not put out much in the way of new figures, new characters getting enshrined in plastic, finally. I still think that there's a lot of them out there that they still need to do. And um, we're seeing retreads of a lot of the same characters being put out in plastic. So you say to yourself, wow, that's cool. It's great sculpt. It has great articulation. But do I really need... 60 Darth Vader action figures. At the end of the day, I was always fine with that one I bought back in 1978. And that could have remained the only Darth Vader action figure I ever owned. But I had always wanted to be a completionist as far as getting all the characters. I don't think I can do that with the six-inch scale retailing at $20 a figure. But I think I can still continue with the three-and-three-quarter-inch scale as long as they continue to do that size moving forward into the uh, sequel films and the standalone films and beyond. So I will remain a completionist for the three and three quarter inch figures because that's the way it's always been. And I will delve into the six inch figures from time to time. For me, I have to see them in the wild first before I make the decision. I, I, 
I've gotten too excited over the years based on, you know, promo shots of prototypes and, you know, they can do a lot with uh, the prototypes. But once they get into mass production, uh, then you, you, you run into potential problems there. And I've just felt that lately, uh, Jim, you and I have both talked about this, that the, the, the quality the quality of the concept of the figures has never been better. But the finished product that we're seeing once they show up in the stores is not great. Very thin, very flimsy. Um, you know, typically it, it, they just don't quite hold up. They don't feel substantial. They don't feel like I should be paying, according to the price tags at Toys R Us, when I was there last weekend, here in Northeast Ohio. It's a little excessive considering the fact that they've been so gung-ho on articulation over the last few years that you really start to lose the the, uh, sturdiness. You start to lose the playability. What good is an action figure that completely falls apart once you take it out of the package? I say it has zero value whatsoever. Now, I know a lot of adult collectors collect and keep them on the cards and everything. I've always been a loose collector. I appreciate it more when it's out of the package. But you know what, though? I want to say as, a, as one who does collect and keep them on the cards, Jim, I'm still with you. I think they look cheap and flimsy even on the card. The extra articulation hurts the sculpt from time to time when you talk about those joints. You talk about knee joints. They just look ridiculously bad when you have them over-articulated. When you over-articulate things like ankles and the figures fail to stand, even when you put them on those little action stands and try to display them, and then you walk in your room the next day and they're leaning back on these flimsy (laughs) ankles. right. You say to yourself, well, what's the point? I can grab my uh, action figure, my Greedo that I bought in 1979, whip him across the room into the wall as hard as I can, and he'll bounce back just fine, unlike the real Greedo himself. Well, I got to tell you, that is one of the reasons why I'm actually more excited about these movie hero figures that are coming <laughs> out. Uh, they they have limited the articulation. They 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 look like they are much more a closer cousin to the vintage feel. Um, And I got to say, Jim, I mean, going back as far as the figures that came out for episode one, you know, they were still feeling very much in line with your standard Star Wars figure look. And it was sort of after that, that that articulation craze uh, sort of took over. Uh, So I have to say, if, if, if I'm looking at the future, I see myself, really considering that line as a viable uh, alternative. Plus, the price point's going to be right. I think they're yeah. looking at, you know, in the 5 $6 range. <laughs> yep. Five points of articulation, limited. Uh, I've read fan reviews online of these new figures. Uh, they're, they're called, uh, are they called movie heroes, right? Yeah, I thought it was movie heroes, yeah. I've seen them called movie heroes. I've seen them called mission series because I think those are multi-packs of these movie heroes. Uh, Some fans are disgusted by them. They think it's a step backwards. They're almost barbaric. And then there's other older fans like you and me who sort of see a a kitschy, nostalgic value to them because what you're looking at here is essentially prequel, some of the characters, prequel era characters being sculpted in the classic Kenner 
five points of articulation design. No soft goods, no removable holsters or bandoliers. No, it's all just sculpted together, five points of articulation, playability factor through the roof, something there that's familiar and nostalgic for older fans like you and me where we're actually seeing Star Wars figures being created the way we're used to seeing them created in the 70s and 80s. So I think that, that that's kind of an interesting thing, and it has caused uh, something of a, a schism in the, the uh, fan collector community, especially those who collect the action figures. Um, I say as long as they're catering to those who demand the high-articulation, modernized figures, as long as that that fraction of the fan community is being satisfied, then there's nothing wrong with some of us older fans looking at these cheaper figures and saying, wow, you know, they remind me of the old vintage figures. You know, sure, you could put modern figures on a vintage card, but how about vintage figures on a modern card? <laughs> it's uh, one of these days they'll get it right. I think over it has pro and realize, oh, we should just put these, uh, these simpler sculpts on the vintage cards and just see what happens. But uh, for now, uh, I think uh, I think they're they're kind of fun, and I'm looking forward to collecting that line. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. So thanks for the question, Will. Certainly, um, certainly gave uh, good fodder. It wasn't the top of the show, but we did get to it. Uh, for those of you who would like to leave us a voicemail, you can do so. The number is 708-320-1737. That's 708-320-1RFR. First voicemail comes from Steve from Long Beach. Jason and Jimmy, hey, it's Steve from Long Beach. wanted to drop you a quick call this weekend because um, something's been on my mind and I wanted to share with you guys um, and with the rest of the Rebel Force radio listeners. So before the whole thing with Disney happened, the whole thing, the sale to Disney happened, you know, we had no movies on the horizon, just, you know, dreaming at best. We had Star Wars The Clone Wars and a few other projects in the works. Clone Wars, which is by far my favorite show, love on television, love my Clone Wars, um, and I'm sickened by the fact that it's going away. I got to thinking that, you know, before the Disney sale happened, if you had given me a choice between continuing the Clone Wars for another three or four seasons, say, and episode seven, eight, and nine, yeah, I had to choose between one or the other. As much as I hate to lose the Clone Wars, um, and I don't know if this is going to be a popular um, uh, uh, stance or not, but I think I would have chosen to have the new movies. And that's really exactly what we're ending up with. I hate, I hate to leave this message almost with you because I don't know how, uh, how you guys are going to feel about it or potentially other listeners would feel because I love the actors on the show and James Arnold Taylor and Dee Bradley Baker and just all these, these, uh, Ashley Eckstein, all the actors and actresses talent that you guys have had on the show and that I've, I've gotten to be a, a, a fan of because of your show. Uh, of course, Dave Filoni. I mean, all these people that I really probably would not have been exposed to, at least to my knowledge, without you guys and without the Clone Wars. 
but it kind of hurts to say this because, you know, I love these people. I've, I've grown to really love their talent and, and really enjoy listening to them. And I love the Clone Wars. But if I had been given a choice before the Disney sale happened, I would have, I think I would have chosen to have the new movies. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there and, um, so sorry to lose the Clone Wars, but so excited for the new movies. And uh, I just appreciate the job that you guys are doing and bringing this out to the masses and keeping us informed. And I just had to get that off my chest. And thanks, guys. Keep up the great work. May the force be with you. Steve, I don't think you're alone here. He kind of acts like he's out on this island. I, I dare say that there might be people actually part of the Clone Wars production who would... <laughs> Who would might say the same thing? Look, if we had to choose between new Star Wars films or continuing this on for another few years, uh, they might actually themselves say that they would like the Star Wars films. Now, I I think if if you frame it that way, that's an either or. And I personally don't believe that it was um, an either. You know, it was that it was a choice. That well, we know we continue with Clone Wars or we can do seventy nine. I don't think that was the case. But going with your scenario, if that was the choice. Sophie's choice. Uh, I'm with you. I think that um, you know we had had five years of the Clone Wars. I, I still feel that they had a lot of story to tell. Um, would love to have had both, but if I had to choose, uh, to me, Star Wars has always been a film franchise first. It's when I first fell in love with Star Wars, and I think that's where the big stories in Star Wars belong. So I'm you know, fine with it. You know, it's kind of funny. Um, a lot of fans have come to similar conclusions where it's like, wow, you know, we were really upset when Disney announced that they were going to postpone this and wind this down or cancel that and everything. But I, I believe a lot of fans are coming around to the, the big picture here. And the big picture scenario is that there are a bunch of new Star Wars films on the horizon. And that's what really fuels fandom. It's the films, the movies, the experience of going to a packed theater to see new Star Wars films, to hear that John Williams fanfare play and the the crawler to, to cruise across the screen. I, I assume we're going to be seeing those consistent elements as star Wars continues. And we're going to have those same buzzes at the midnight screenings with, you know, adults and kids holding lightsabers over their heads and cheering as the theater goes dark. I mean, those are amazing film experiences that really very few franchises can bring to the, the communal experience. You, you, you see it from time to time, but uh, Star Wars is one that has certainly endured, and and that's what fuels the beast of my fandom. And I believe that's what fuels the beast of fandom on a whole, is the fact that as long as Star Wars films are out in the theaters, the franchise is healthy and growing and moving. And that's what we want, is progression. It, it felt like the Clone Wars was beginning to wind down even before they announced it was winding down. We were looking toward the the future of the series wrapping up in the way that we felt would be the most proper. However, as it turns out, it wrapped up before then, <laughs> before we could even brace ourselves. So yeah. 
you know, and the first thing you know, Ahsoka's walking down the steps. Next thing you know, no more shows. <laughs> but <laughs> so, yeah, it was a shock to the system of fandom. But I think we're all coming around to the fact that, much like with Steve's voicemail, we're all coming around to the fact that we're going to be seeing new Star Wars films in the theater. And that is going to be high octane for fandom for years to come. I do want to correct myself. Earlier when we were talking about the uh, this uh, less articulated line, it, it looks like it's Saga Legends. Saga Legends. Saga Legends. And uh, the more I see these, the more I think, wow, impressive. Imp- impressive considering the the price point is going to be back to where I think you can reasonably collect them uh, as well as, you know, Hey, look at it this way. They're all new sculpts now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're all they're, new sculpts. So exactly. um they're kind of I think they're really really fun. They're fun. And heck, they're going to they're going to fit in the vehicles really well. If you think of it this way, cuz they don't have all that weirdness going on. So anyway, uh, I think it's very exciting. Uh let's see who's next. Uh got an email here from Aaron. Aaron says I loved hearing Kyle's comments about when Anakin became Vader. Great stuff. I would like to add, however, that Anakin never completely becomes Vader. Wait a minute. This guy agrees with me. Obi-Wan, Yoda, and Vader himself all were convinced that Anakin was dead and that Vader was the only one left. Luke and Padme were the only two people in the galaxy that believed otherwise, who believed that there was still good in Anakin. It was that belief that ultimately paid off. Obi-Wan and Yoda fought a Vader... Thought, excuse me, Obi-Wan and Yoda thought of Vader in absolutist black and white, good versus evil terms. Luke realized that people are not absolutes and that they can always come back to the light. Luke was right. Thus, Anakin was never truly completely dead. I like it, Aaron. I like it a lot. I said that once before on this program that actually he never did become Vader completely so if Obi-Wan and Yoda thought of Vader in absolutist black and white good versus evil terms, wouldn't that make Obi-Wan and Vader Sith? Because according to Obi-Wan, only a Sith deals in absolutes. Well, I think that Aaron's making a judgment call here. I don't think that that's uh, canonical. Okay. Well, I don't know. I think all emails read on Rebel Force Radio become instant cannon. <laughs> oh, man. We're in trouble. We're in, you think JJ's bad news? We're, <laughs> we're now officially in trouble. We're going to call these guys the Caravan of the Force on the road to Celebration Europe. James Burns, Mark Newbold, a few other people. Jeremy Bullock, Boba Fett himself, is on the road. The Caravan of the Force. They're yeah. driving from London all the way to Essen, Germany for Star Wars Celebration Europe. I bet they're sound asleep right now. It's got to be 6 o'clock in the morning, wherever they're at. Somewhere in Europe. About 6.30 in the morning. Six By the way... 6.30 in the morning, I'm almost on my way to work. 6.30 in the morning. I don't know what's going on with these Brits, but um, this has got the makings of uh, British sitcom all over it. You got, you said, James Burns, Mark Newbold, potentially Jeremy Bullock knocking around there. 
And wife. And wife. All oh, that poor thing dealing with all these guys. And a cross-nation trip. I don't know. What, what do you call cross? Not cross-continental. It's all the same continent, but huh. cross-country. No, because cross-continental would be... No, it's all it's all Europe. Yeah, but they're 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 country hopping. So well, that's true. Okay, so cross continental. Yeah, they're international. The guys from JediNews.co.uk and Star Wars Celebration Europe have organized the Caravan of the Force in association. Right. With- no, there he is. Wakey, wakey, hands off, snakey. <laughs> How you doing? Good. Good. How are you? Yeah. Well, um, it's a bit early, but yeah, we're doing okay. Well, that's. <laughs> Wait, it's not that early. It's what, 6.30? Yeah. yeah. 6.30? Come on, man. I know, that's, I know, I know. It's not that bad. So James Burns from JediNews.co.uk, or I should say the BBC's James Burns. <laughs> Anytime uh, someone from Star Wars farts in the UK, they get James over there at the TV studios at the BBC to talk about He's got it. a comment on it. He's got a comment. And yeah, Mark. Uh, and Mark. Mark's here too. Uh, hey, Mark. How you doing? You're right. Yeah, doing well. Thank you. Good, good, good. Thanks so for getting up early. So, where are you guys? We are currently uh, somewhere in Holland. <laughs> somewhere in Holland. Yeah, I think we're in uh, Utrecht. Uh huh. Oh, Trek. Don't. Why did you have to bring Trek into it? Now, wait a minute. Are you guys staying at like hostels, or are you uh, no, you, no, you, no. you in hotels? Are you sleeping in the car? What's going on? No, we are uh, one of our sponsors is Holiday Inn, so we are staying at Holiday Inn hotels everywhere we go. Oh, you have this all figured out, don't you? We certainly do. We certainly so do. Tell us what is the purpose of Caravan of the Force? What do you guys hope to achieve, and what have you done so far? Okay, well, the purpose is to raise money for Make a Wish, and um, that's what we're doing. So we're going around the whole of Europe making, well, raising awareness and raising money for Make a Wish. So we started off in the UK on the 19th of July, and we, we had a mad day. We, we raced across London to pick up Jeremy and Maureen Bullock. And uh, once uh, we got Jeremy safely loaded into the cargo hold and Maureen sitting up front in the, in the uh, car, we, we headed off for our first stop, which was at Excel, the home of the first Star Wars Celebration Europe. Wow. So what happened there? So we were we we were met by the five hundred first, and we did a really really great photo shoot. Some members of the press turned up as well. Uh, that was really really amazing. Uh, then we drove to North London. We had some food, obviously, and then uh, we went to what what we think is the the home of Star Wars, which was Elstree Studios. Wow! So you're at Elstree, and uh, again, w- were the five hundred first there to meet you at Elstree? Um, we were able to bring in a couple of 501st guys into, into Elstree and Elstree Studios were absolutely amazing. They gave us unprecedented access to both the new studios, the George Lucas sound stages, as well as the old studios where film things like, um, the, the, the Millennium Falcon was filmed, the Dagobah scenes. And it was a, it was an amazing opportunity for Germany to reminisce. Is there anything like on the wall or like a plaque or anything along those lines to sort of signify that this is the place where film history happened for Star Wars? Yes. Wherever you look, there's Star Wars posters. As you actually approach the studios um, from the high street, there's pictures of Yoda and Chewbacca and others, characters all over the place. So it really is very, very special. 
So that's cool. So you really got to hang out in a, a place where a lot of Star Wars magical moments happened with Boba Fett himself. How is, yes. Jeremy, how is Jeremy holding up? He's, he's, he's crammed in the car with you guys. No, cargo hold. Cargo hold. He's in the cargo hold. Right, um, right. That's trunk or trunk. boot. Did <laughs> <laughs> you at least freeze him in carbonite or anything before you threw him Well, back? we did. We did. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that because we did do that. Um, and then after that, we went to the European launch of Hasbro's Black Series. Ah, and how'd that go? That went amazingly well. I think that went better than anybody could possibly expect. Um, Hasbro produced for us the Boba Fett card back of the Black Series 6-inch um, Boba Fett figure, which hasn't been announced yet. It was announced the same day at San Diego. And uh, Jeremy was signing those, and Hasbro gave away loads of prizes, and people were buying the Black Series figures it was fantastic. It was a really, really amazing evening. And Jeremy, for only the second time, put on the Boba Fett costume. The whole thing? The whole thing. Whole shebang. Wow. Is he considering doing any, uh, any uh, trooping out there at uh, Star Wars Celebration Europe? Well, he, the costume is in the cars. Interesting. Cars. Interesting. Uh, so cars. How many cars does it take to carry the well, Boba Fett costume cross-continent? Well, there's six of us, uh-huh. and um, so the six of us with all of our luggage and the costume and everything else. So there's two vehicles, and uh, yeah, we're oh, we're there's two. See, I pictured this like some sort of performance art, like there's this little Mr. Bean, you know, typical European Mr. Bean car, and then all six of you pour out of there, and the finale is Boba Fett comes out at the end. Yeah, and I'm racing behind him in my little scooter. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really cool. So. People listening to the show out in Essen, Germany this weekend, do a double take when you have a photo op with a fan dressed up as Boba Fett because you never know, you might be standing next to the real deal. You might. You might. We are planning that at the moment as to when he'll be putting it on. So that's going to be very exciting. Very exciting. So where do you guys go from here? So that was Friday. Saturday, we went to Rochester and uh, we went to the cathedral. And then on Sunday morning, we got the ferry across. And it was very decadent because at 10 a.m. in the morning, we were sitting on the ferry drinking champagne. Nice. Mm. Way to go. With Boba Fett. You you have to say everything that you describe to us that you're doing, you have to end it with Boba Fett. We're drinking champagne with Boba Fett. Yeah, because yeah. that just kind of makes it a little, just a, a touch more exciting. Yeah, no, completely. We drove to Lil with Boba Fett. Yeah. And um, <laughs> we, we were met. We actually went to a barracks. With Boba Fett. With Boba Fett. Very good. Very and um, there was about nine people from the French garrison. Mm-hmm. And we did, we did some amazing photos. And that was, that was really, really cool. And Boba Fett was in them. He was. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and I, I don't know if you guys know, but the heat in Europe at the moment, it's not between 90 and 95 degrees. It's completely unprecedented. Which is really cool for Boba Fett because he's so cool. <laughs> but it's really hot for everyone that's dressing up. I want to ask you guys, since you're on your way to Celebration Europe, Jim and I were talking quite a bit earlier in the program about these rumors that are flying around about J.J. Abrams potentially dropping out uh, mm-hmm. as director of uh, Episode 7. And I said, if I was Lucasfilm PR and I knew that these rumors, uh, as, as crazy as it may seem to those on the inside, perhaps, uh, I'd be getting J.J. out there at Celebration Europe. I would get J.J. 
out there to make an appearance on stage with Kathleen Kennedy, put all of the fans' fears and anxieties at ease. What do you guys say? What do you think? What will be or will there be any announcements made related to Episode 7 at Celebration? What do you think? Mark? Well, we were going to prepare a press release because we we actually spoke to Boba Fett the other day over lunch, and he's denying any rumours that he is going to be the new Episode 7 director, but... Uh, Boba Fett, imagine... Boba, directed by... <laughs> I love it. Directed by Boba Fett. Not, not Jeremy Bullock. We Bullock. did ask him. We had to ask him, because <laughs> right. with the rumours of JJ, we, you know, we put him on the spot and we asked him. Right. Because you know, sometimes the denial's as good as a confirmation, isn't yeah. it, so... Well, of course. Um, right. I, Especially I, with a bounty I, hunter. <laughs> I would very much like to see JJ there. It makes good sense. I mean, Kathleen Kennedy's there, and... You know, all the other guys are there, so there's not that many pieces of the puzzle left, is there? So, um, you know, and it's going to get interest raised up for the for the event as well. So, I think it was a good, well timed leak. I would say the Kathleen Kennedy panel is something that you cannot afford to miss. Mm. Sounds you like shall- Burns might know something there. Yeah, yeah, James sounds like he knows something. He's saying, "Don't uh, miss." James the Kathleen- knows nothing. Yeah, Boba Fett knows everything. <laughs> All I said was you cannot afford to miss. Right, well, I can't afford to go. So how do you like that? Uh, no, it's well, it's great. On you guys, you, yeah. you guys have to be providing the no fan left behind coverage. Absolute pleasure. Yeah. We will be doing that. We will be doing that. We're very fortunate to be here with Boba Fett. <laughs> Yeah. And Maureen. Don't forget Maureen. Oh, and Maureen. And Maureen. Well, this is great. I think this is wonderful what you guys are doing. Again, you're raising money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And uh, what a great cause. And it certainly has a long history associated with Star Wars because uh, for kids that want dreams to come true, there's no richer, richer place to find those dreams than in the Star Wars galaxy. So very, very cool stuff that you guys are doing and very exciting that you're doing it all with... Boba Fett. 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 (laughs) Awesome. Hey, you guys, if our listeners want to contribute to your cause, uh, how can they do so? They can go to justgiving.com forward slash caravan dash of dash the dash force. There you go. And that would be awesome. If people can help us, we'd really, really appreciate that. Um, We're trying very, you know, Lots of different things. After the show, we've got some money can't buy auctions. We've got a Star Wars Xbox that's been signed by Mark, Carrie, Ian McDermott, Boba Fett, uh, Anthony Daniels, Kenny Baker, Dave Filoni. You name them. They've all signed it. We've got uh, – we'll be giving um, – anyway, this, is, this is the Star Wars Xbox? Yes. Wow. Now that's signed cool. By signed 30. by yeah, – Wow. 30. Amazing. You're going to auction this off? Yeah, we're going to auction that off on eBay. Um, Jeremy, wow. Warwick Davis, we've got some other actors that are going to be uh, auctioning off a dinner with them in London. Mm. So people, people can, you know, have dinner with Boba Fett and ask them any questions they want. Right. Lots and lots of other things that we're working on. Wow. So cool. It's awesome what you guys are doing. I love that you can take your fandom and, and make some of the fuel for your fandom uh, work for the others that uh, they're less fortunate. That is very, very cool stuff and so typical of the great community of Star Wars fans. There's just there's no yep. other group of folks quite like it. We always seem to approach uh, our fandom with how can we bless and help others, and it's very, very cool. Thank you guys so much. Please uh, extend our, our greetings and best wishes to Boba Fett and, uh, and, and, and Mrs. Fett. Uh, Chris Jeremy and his lovely wife. So thank you guys so much for taking the time, and please safe journeys. 
Thank you. Can can we just mention our sponsors without whom? Oh, please. So you got the Holiday the whole, Inn going on. Well, so, well yeah. the whole trip is in association is in association with Toys R Us and uh-huh. and Boba Fett. Right. And then we've got we've got Holiday Inn who are doing our accommodation, Hyundai who are doing our vehicles, P&O Ferries that are helping us across the water, and Vodafone who are doing our, our wonderful communications. So you and are Boba you coming Fett, to us? Boba Fett who's collecting the bounty. Don't forget that. <laughs> so you guys are. Um, Really covered between the uh, transportation and the the accommodations and the stay and the in the hotel or excuse me the um, the transportation all of that stuff that's yeah uh, everyone and the toys been, uh, yeah everyone has just been amazing in supporting wow. this wow. and we couldn't have done it without them and Lucasfilm's help as well and it's been fantastic awesome well make sure you thaw Jeremy out just in time for Celebration Europe <laughs> we will we will and yeah. let's get together and do it. All of us together for Celebration 7. 100%. Sounds good. Definitely. Definitely. Awesome. It sounds fantastic. All right, guys. Take care. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Speak soon. Cheers. Bye-bye. James Burns, Mark Newbold, the guys from JediNews.co.uk. You can follow their exploits there at their website or check out their blog at StarWars.com. They're doing a good thing for Make-A-Wish and... Uh, so can you. So uh, be sure to uh, check those guys out. And uh, if you can, throw down a few bucks to support the cause. This is Billy D. Williams, Lando Calrissian. It's time for the quote of the week. Hello, what have we here? It's just me, Billy D. <laughs> don't mess this up, man. Be smooth. Lando's right. Billy D. Sorry, baby. It's just business. Why, you slimy, double-crossing, no-good swindler. Works every time. And Lando Calrissian is forever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the smooth, smooth, smoothness of Billy D. Back for another quote of the week. Jim, what do you got for us this week? This week, we got a request from loyal Rebel Force Radio listener, Bo Sanders. Bo Sanders. Yeah, he sounds like a college football running back. <laughs> Bo Sanders. And uh, Bo tells us about this Billy D interview from his local Fox affiliate in St. Louis. Fox 2 News in St. Louis was covering the St. Louis Wizard World Comic Con back in March. Now, he warns us about this clip that he shared with us. He said, if we can stomach the cheeseball interview dressed, hmm, if you can stomach the cheeseball interviewer dressed as Jabba the Hutt, stick around for when the female reporter becomes overwhelmed by Billy D's sexy sexiness. And yes, it is true. Much like we dealt uh, with that clip we played from the Ottawa Comic Con a few weeks ago, where the interviewer was dressed as Wolverine from the 1960s Marvel Comics. <laughs> This reporter is dressed in that that uh, over-the-counter Jabba the Hutt fabric outfit. I think you actually inflate it. Yes, yes. I believe you and I were being stalked by one of those guys at uh, Celebration uh, a couple of years ago. Do you remember this? Yeah, I think it happens at every convention we go to. It's the same Jabba following us around. Maybe it's this this reporter from <laughs> But so he's completely decked out in this thing. And- Every once in a while, it just becomes too much for Billy D to handle, and he breaks down and starts laughing at the guy. <laughs> and then uh, there's not very- laughing with, I'm sure. No, no, no. And then there's a very pretty reporter sitting next to Billy D, Natch, and um, and yeah, she does become overwhelmed by Lando's sexy sexiness. So let's hear a few highlights from the uh, weird interview from. <laughs> 
Fox 2 News, St. Louis, where the reporter was dressed as Jabba the Hutt, and he's uh, attempting to interview uh, Billy D. Meanwhile, his uh, his female cohort is becoming uh, overwhelmed by the sexiness. You've done so much in your career, man. What do you, when you look back at all... It's so weird talking to you. You never thought you'd see Jabba the Hutt as a journalist, did you? Right, no. Yeah. Who, who knew? I know April Simpson's a huge fan of your work. Yes. April, you got any specific questions you'd like to ask no, Mr. Benedict? No, but I to say. You look as handsome as... I don't know, however long ago when, when you were in oh. mahogany. I'm like... <laughs> yeah. Well, you're so very Billy kind. D. Williams is fine. That's what I have to <laughs> You still get that a lot too, don't you, Billy D? I know. <laughs> no, no. Hello. <laughs> She's what reclining. do we have here? I'm relaxing, Mr. Billy D. Just, you know. I got to ask you because you're like the king of cool. Always have been. What's this this costume doing for me? Cool or not so cool? I think you know you're the sexiest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think you should go on forever and ever and ever. Just keep rolling with Just this? keep rolling with it. <laughs> well, the, the, the reporter was, uh, the reporter at there was really, really smitten. She could hardly get, she couldn't even come up with a question. Oh, no. Oh, she, she could she hardly could... get the compliment out. <laughs> you just look, just look like you did mahogany. Oh, God. Oh, you look, oh, you're so good. Uh, I'm just relaxing with the Billy D. <laughs> it sounds like somebody you'd see on Judge Mathis. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm watching this thing, and, and she leans right into it. Oh. Which, oh, he loves that. So that's when, you know, just it was almost automatic. He does what he does. The magic of Billy D. Williams. He actually channels Lando Calrissian and repeats a line of dialogue, a classic Lando line of dialogue from Empire Strikes Back, and that's our Billy D. quote of the week. Hello. What do we have here? Well, he gets that hello just right. Sounds like you lifted that out of the film. Listen to that. Hello. 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 What do we have here? (laughs) She's all like, hey. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) And this knucklehead reporter is still dressed up as Jabba the Hutt. He looks like a beanbag chair sitting there, a talking beanbag chair. Sitting in front of the great, smooth Billy D. Williams. Oh, man. If you know you're going to be interviewing Billy D., at least try. At least try, man. I mean, you're never going to out-smooth, out-cool Billy D., but you can do better than a Ruby's Java costume. Jeez. <laughs> that was the one. It's that over-the-counter weird Java costume. I think you do actually inflate it. Yeah, I, I... Sure you do. Well, do you think that his his co-host blew him before the show? What the hell kind of question is that to ask on a well, fan? Well, you have to blow it up is what I'm saying. Did, you were talking about did Billy she, D. Williams. No, 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 no. I mean, no. I mean, did the co-host, who was infatuated by Billy D, blow the host no. so that he could be in that Java costume? The word we're looking for here is inflate. Inflate. <laughs> And it still oh. makes it sound dirty. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you, <laughs> sorry. Why does Billy D. Quote of the Week always bring out the worst in us? It always does. If you got a Billy D. Quote of the Week and you'd like to bring out the worst of us, send it to us. Show at rebelforceradio.com. Subject line, Billy D. 
All right, that's going to wrap it up here this week on Rebel Force Radio. Rest assured, it doesn't matter what the rumors, what the news says. We'll be here to break it all down for you and tell you what it means and why you should care. Thanks so much for joining us. Big thanks to our friends there on the Road to Celebration Europe Caravan of the Force. You can follow all their exploits at jedinews.co.uk. If you'd like to play along with us in between shows, you can do so. Show at rebelforceradio.com. That's the email address. Voicemail line 708-320-1737. That's 708-3201-RFR. We're also on the Twitter at Rebel Force Radio, at Jimmy Mac Radio, at Jason Swank. Also our Facebook page. Great group of folks always hanging around there, posting stories, commenting on stories. It's really, really a wonderful community of Star Wars fans. That's at Facebook.com slash Rebel Force Radio. As we mentioned before, iTunes, you can subscribe and review Rebel Force Radio right there. And if you write us a review between now and when the, uh, what's the cutoff, Jim, for the the Troy Denning book? Oh, I believe it's uh, next Tuesday, next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central. So you have between now and next Tuesday, get those reviews into iTunes and make them good. And, of course, the official website, rebelforceradio.com. We're part of the Shot Glass Digital Network. You can find all of our shows, including Rebel Force Radio, the Clone Wars Declassified Series, Bondcast, Snyder Marks Radio, ADH Divas, Black Hawk Talk, and announcements coming soon for more programming there. It's Shot Glass Digital. You can find it at shotglassdigital.com. We'll see you next time, guys. I love you all so much. For Rebel Force Radio, I'm Jason. And I'm Jimmy Mack. And remember... The Force will be with you. Always. Cued up. Here it is. Hello. Hey, what do reclining. we have here? I love that. Hi.